Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Everyday lives, everyday values. A thoughtful and in-depth look at the issues and interests that are unique to Utah. Special discussions of history and LDS heritage. And an enriching exchange of ideas about local culture. Their everyday lives, everyday values. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I've really been looking forward to our program today. Thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday morning. And several years ago, I had the opportunity to meet John G. Turner. And at the time, one of the uh, most popular books out was about Brigham Young. And it was a look at Brigham Young, honestly, that I had never taken before. And I so appreciated its uh, historical accuracy and the portrayal of this most amazing man, whether you view him as an 19th century American Moses, or whether you viewed him as a prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, this view of Brigham Young was so interesting to me. My son just recently read this book. So when I heard that John Turner had a new book called The Mormon Jesus, I knew we needed to set up and interview. John, thank you so much for joining us this morning here on Everyday Lives, Everyday Values. Thanks, Doug. It's good to be with you again. I need to tell my listeners, not only an author, but associate professor of religious studies at George Mason University, so many other things to your credit. First of all, let's let's revisit for just a moment Brigham Young. That book has stuck with me as very few books ever have. And what has been the overall reaction to the book on Brigham Young? Doug, you know, you can't please everybody, <laughs> but I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the book, both from... Uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and from complete outsiders, people who are just interested in American history. Brigham Young is not only important for Latter-day Saints, but he's an important figure in American history. That book, that book was a lot of fun, and thank you for your kind words about it. What led you to Jesus, the Mormon Jesus especially? Well, after spending several years studying the 19th century history of the LDS Church, I wanted to do something that focused on Mormonism as a religion. I uh, wanted to spend more time studying uh, Latter-day Saint doctrines and religious practices. And I, you know, coming from a Protestant background, I had also gotten so much feedback about the fact that Mormonism or the LDS Church is something other than Christian. And from the start, when I began spending time studying uh, Mormonism, it struck me 
what an overwhelming figure Jesus Christ is uh, within the contemporary church. And so this was a way for me to, to study Mormonism as a religion uh, while wrestling with those issues. Many people, and th- this in my lifetime, I think came to a head in 2008 when Mitt Romney first talked about running for the presidency and did run, but ultimately did not uh, continue on with the race, nor did he become obviously the candidate until 2012. But all of a sudden, Mormonism and perceptions of Jesus from a Mormon point of view seem to be making headlines and seem to even be coming up in, in the debates. I remember Mike Huckabee bringing that up a lot. I think I think Huckabee suggested that the Mormon Jesus was fundamentally something other than the Christian Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what, what I found is that certainly there are differences of doctrine about Jesus Christ and about many other things that divide Latter-day Saints from other Christians, but really there is more in common than um, there is different about the figure of the Savior. Um, and so I, I try to give voice to, to both of those things in the book. The things that are in common, maybe you could just highlight for us the things that perhaps a Protestant, someone from a Protestant background, would find uh, a little surprising about the quote-unquote Mormon Jesus. Um, I think, first of all, honestly, Protestants would be surprised to know that Mormons and Protestants and Catholics believe many of the same things about Jesus Christ. Uh, They believe that he is the divine Son of God, that his death enabled uh, human salvation, that he was resurrected uh, with an actual body, um, that he will return again. Um, not all not all Protestants and not all Catholics necessarily believe those things in the same way, but there are you know there's just a there are a whole host of longstanding Christian doctrines about Jesus Christ that Latter Day Saints share with with other Christians. There are many um, core beliefs that we all we might have a little slight interpretation of that is is different, but there are real cores that fundamentally are similar within every Christian religion. I, I think that's the case. I mean, and part of, I mean, part of the beauty of Christianity is, is its diversity. I mean, Jesus asked his disciples, you know, whom do ye say that I am? I think that's the way it is in the King James. And there, there are a lot of different answers to that question. Um, you know, there are all sorts of different titles uh, for Jesus Christ in the New Testament, and some Christians have latched onto some of those titles more than others, or given them different meanings. But you know, those, those, what you described as core beliefs about the divinity of Christ and about the reality of His resurrection and the meaning of His death, uh, those, those are things that unite. Um, most Christians. We are talking with author John G. Turner. We're delighted to have him join us today here at KSL on Everyday Lives, Everyday Values. And when we come back, 
Uh, perhaps we could talk about some of the differences. And I noticed the very first chapter after the introduction in the, bo- in the, uh, in the book is a, a witness, another testament of Jesus Christ. So perhaps we could pick it up there. And then also, John, I want to make sure that we mention for our KSL listeners that you are going to be in town. You'll have some uh, book signings that will happen at uh, both Benchmark Books in Salt Lake City on Main Street and also at uh, the King's English Bookshop. So when we come back, can we talk about uh, another, uh, let's, let's talk about uh, chapter number one, Another Testament of Jesus Christ? We're back on Everyday Lives, Everyday Values. The Mormon Jesus is the book we are talking about, published by Harvard University Press, and author John G. Turner is joining us on the program. In the break, we were just talking a little bit about uh, the Mormon Jesus, and you told me a unique story that I was not aware of. Uh, Maybe you could share a little of the background on the uh, Christus that is so prominent on Temple Square and so prominent in the uh, in the the look of the Mormon Church. Uh, sure, Doug, uh, you're quite right. That's such an iconic um, and now iconically um, Latter Day Saint uh, image of Jesus Christ, and you know that it's well known within the church, of course. Um, and I was able to look at some of the documents in the archives about the original purchase of the replica Christus statue uh, back in the late 1950s. And it was purchased uh, by uh, Elder Stephen L. Richards uh, of the Church's First Presidency. And I discovered that the cost of the replica statue uh, was exactly $6,485. Um, and it's occurred to me that in terms of both public relations and piety, um, the church has gotten an enormously good return on that $6,500. <laughs> Boy, that has to be one of the bargains of the century. Let's talk for a moment about chapter number one in the book. Sure. And this really is, uh, at least from my perspective, one of the real fundamental differences between the view of the LDS Church and the rest of Christianity when it comes to Jesus, the fact that the Book of Mormon is another witness for Christ, and it documents him being here on the American continent. That's profound. You know, the fact that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has volumes of of Scripture that other Christians do not recognize that that is a that is a huge issue and you're quite right the the testimony that Jesus Christ appeared in the Americas is significant and the book of mormon has some other um teachings about Jesus Christ that would be very surprising to other Christians such as the teaching in uh the book of ether that Jesus Christ revealed um his spiritual body to the brother of Jared long before his earthly life. So, you know, there, there are those things in there that point to differences uh, between Latter-day Saints and other Christians. At the same time, my sense is that those Americans who encountered the Book of Mormon in the 1830s found a Jesus that was very familiar to them. Um, and the centrality of Jesus Christ within the Book of Mormon is is also rather overwhelming, and I think surprising to people like me who approach um, the book for the first time. 
I thought one part of the book was of particular interest uh, for me, and that is the the face of Jesus, the the even the the look of Jesus. When I visit various churches, and I see how Jesus is portrayed in their faith, uh, much of it is universal, but some of it is not. And I've watched the the look of Jesus over the years, even within my own faith, evolve a little bit. That's a great observation. Um, and, you know, it's evolved in, in my own Protestant context as well. You know, a funny thing about Protestant churches today is one very rarely encounters artwork of the Savior, except perhaps in children's Bibles and in um, curricula for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas when one walks into an LDS meeting house, you know, one encounters paintings of, of Jesus Christ. Um, and, you know, on Temple Square, one encounters the, the Christus statue. Um, and you're, you're also right that those, those images have changed over the years. Um, and I've noticed recently a much greater diversity of, of ways that Jesus Christ is portrayed by, by Mormon artists. There's also a part in the book called the Jehovah of the, the Temple. Perhaps you could tell our listeners what is encompassed within that chapter. Your listeners probably know, uh, for Latter-day Saints, uh, Jesus Christ is the Jehovah of the Old Testament. And that was not a belief that was um, present during the earliest years of the Church. Um, Latter-day Saint leaders began introducing that idea in the late 1800s, and it became church doctrine, or what I consider church doctrine, in the early 1900s through the writings of leaders such as James E. Talmadge. Mm -hmm. So it's a belief that when one is reading the Old Testament, uh, one is reading, um, when one reads of the activities of the Lord, one's reading about the activities of Jesus Christ. Um, that in and of itself wasn't, um, you know, an idea that's been foreign to other branches of Christianity. You know, a lot of Christians, when they've read Moses encountering the Lord in the burning bush, or Jacob wrestling with the Lord. A lot of Christians have interpreted those as encounters with, with Jesus Christ. Mormons came up with their own unique way of explaining that. And I think that was also connected to Latter-day Saint uh, beliefs about the divine beings as expressed in the temple. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the names of the name of James Talmadge, and on page 176 of your book is a picture of him. And of course, uh, Jesus the Christ is a revered work within Mormon culture. How significant is the understanding and the saints coming to understand Jesus? How important is James Talmadge's work? It's very essential. A lot of people still read his writings today, you know, his Jesus the Christ. It was the 100th anniversary of that book last year. And by the late 1800s, a fair number of Latter-day Saints were, I would say, a bit confused about the exact relationship between figures such as Elohim, Jehovah, Jesus Christ, Michael. And when Talmadge, through his writings, explained those uh, relationships, it achieved a consensus of sorts uh, for Latter-day Saints, and 
uh, Talmadge's formulations and statements of other church leaders at, during that time period uh, became lasting doctrine. There is so much more within the pages. I had so many other things that I hoped to be able to chat with you about, and perhaps we will have that opportunity Wednesday, April 6th, which is a significant date in Mormon history, as I'm sure you're aware. This will be at uh, at Benchmark Books at 3269 South Main Street. It's on the second level of that building. That will be at, at uh, 5.30. It gets underway. And then on Thursday, April 7th, the next day, 7 p.m., uh, you will be speaking and signing books also at the King's English Bookshop, which is a delightful bookstore here in Salt Lake City up on 15th and 15th. John, thank you so much for taking time, and I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. Thanks so much, Doug. John Turner with us here at KSL, an associate professor of religious studies at George Mason University, the new book, The Mormon Jesus. Mm-hmm.